Beelzebuds, welcome back to another episode of The Devil's Cut, a podcast about all the things that go bump in the night. If it's spooky, scary, or spine tingling, we're here to talk about it. I'm Matt Young, your resident manboy possessed by a devil, and I'm here, as always, with the skeleton everyone should want in their closet. Eric Rossi. How are we doing tonight, Rossi? We're good. <laughs> we we the shackles are off. Yes. We've we've pretty much started every episode, I think like the past three or so, like with like, <laughs> we can talk about things, <laughs> but we're just so excited. Uh, and that's what we have. I think we, we mentioned it yeah. in last week's episode. Um, so bonus points if you heard us talk about <laughs> what we were going to be doing tonight uh, last week. Uh, yeah, we're, we're coming at you with not our usual breakdown of any one particular movie we're gonna kind of just chime in on a lot of the stuff that we may or may not have done an episode dedicated to but we couldn't anyway you know yeah um for for strike per struck work purposes this is our strike list yeah. this is all the stuff all the stuff we watched and we felt needed mentioning for better or for worse <laughs> mostly for better i think uh, i don't know i've got some I got some opinions on it. Th- a few really? of the things on our on our list. Eh, well, a few. That's not many. Um, I don't know, man. We'll we'll see how it all shakes out uh, at the end here. He's um, gonna get us canceled. The strike just ended. And we're gonna get <laughs> fucking canceled. Listen, I'm gonna say nice things about the ones that deserve it. That's where I'll, I'll leave it for now. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I don't know, you know, where you were thinking of going first but i think i want to get a big one out of the way because i gotta i gotta get it off my chest you gotta release i have to release uh i think the first thing we gotta talk about it, it's like the biggest the, the biggest event of october five nights at freddy's oh God. we gotta talk about five nights at freddy's it's we're getting a canceled huge movie <laughs> um so blumhouse's i think biggest yeah financial success right like yeah, i think well, it's their their new like <laughs> their cash cow. yeah they're uh <laughs> they're 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 avengers <laughs> we're gonna get the freddy freddy cinematic universe coming out soon goodbye conjuring watch out megan here comes freddy Fazbear. here comes freddy well you know what we could have a megan freddy crossover i which actually could we wouldn't could or that could be something please don't i didn't say it would be good but it would be something it'd be something it, you know <laughs> Megan would kick Freddy's fucking ass, <laughs> especially the toothless Freddy in this fucking movie. <laughs> but yeah, it actually was a really big success. So it had a budget of twenty million dollars, um, and it made so far uh, for U.S. and Canada one hundred thirty-six million. So, like, it knocked it out of the park money-wise. I I don't, which know. is crazy because it went straight to streaming too, and usually that'll no, like it didn't go straight to streaming. It actually had an extended <clears throat> release in theaters because they were like AMC, I believe it was, uh, was saying like, 
hey, we're doing this Five Nights at Freddy's special where if you see it like five nights, five in, a row, nights in a row, you get to go for the sixth night for, for free. free. And it's like, like, why the fuck would I, I do that? I will absolutely pass on that challenge. Go fuck yourself. That To me, that's a crazier promotion than when the movie theaters were like, we're doing a 20-something hour marathon of all the Marvel movies so you can catch up before Endgame comes out. That's not that crazy because people <laughs> people did that like in their house on their like on their own time you know when, yeah. when, a, when an avengers movie comes out so seeing them all in theaters like that's fun you could camp out you watch all the movies but why would i pay twenty dollars a night plus snacks if i choose to go it's like over a hundred dollars a movie tickets <laughs> yeah just so i can watch it once for free the sixth time <laughs> absolutely unhinged an unhinged challenge from from amc and you know what it would be one thing if the movie was good oh here we go (laughs) it would be one thing to watch it six times in a row the sixth time being free if the movie was good but this movie you know what it's it's not that it's bad that makes it bad it's that it is like an aggressively mid movie that's what makes it bad yeah <laughs> I, well was it pg or pg-13 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 okay Wh- which then is inexcusable you know, which is often in you know if if you are looking forward to a horror movie you you've had this experience i know we both have Everyone. i'm sure plenty of plenty of other people have you're looking forward to a horror movie and then you find out right before you're about to go see it that it's rated pg-13 and it just tur- it turns the whole flavor of the movie for you because you know it's it it's going to be toothless. It's yeah. going to be like, oh, we, we can't really be too bloody. We can't be too scary lest we lest we terrify the thirteen year olds. Yeah, you know, and it's just like it, it totally ruins. Not not that every PG thirteen horror movie is bad. There's plenty of good ones, but man, does it really like taint my view of it going in when I find that out? I feel like it was it. It happened with Megan, and it we loved Megan, Megan. But I did have like a negative, yeah, tinged in my brain going in because it's like it's not gonna be that good. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like with Megan at least, you and I could. We even said in the episode where it was like you can see the edges of the rated R cut. Where yeah, it's just like, like oh, okay, yep. <laughs> that you cut that a little short. You put the different camera in over here for that yeah, shot you, yeah like well because it was yeah so it was and, and that's how a lot of them start right they start rated r but then the studio is like nah we need the t we need the middle school money yeah so let's cut out all the fun stuff and ruin it for everybody like those teens like those middle schoolers ain't gonna go anyway i can't even <laughs> remember anything that happens in freddy's that would make it pg-13 versus pg uh well that one girl does get bit in half Okay. <laughs> but it's mostly silhouette. Like, it's mostly shadow cast uh, yeah. on the wall that you see. Uh, there's some blood, some violence. But that that's the problem. It's like, and, and I'm not coming into this. I didn't go into the movie as a Five Nights at Freddy's hater. I actually really like those games, you know, as wild and varied in quality as they are. I like them. I like the idea of a creepy night shift at an abandoned pizza parlor i like the the juxtaposition of the cute animatronics that are like are actually kind of sinister you know enough by themselves but now that now they're coming to life on their own and trying to murder you like i like i like that yeah i like the whole idea 
I th- and, and you know what? The, the the animatronics in the movie look great. Yeah, dude, they I, really if you do. You had told me when Five Nights at Freddy's came out, what like twelve years ago, that like they were gonna get a movie, and the animatronics were gonna look dead on, like like fucking eyeball for eyeball, little tiny hat for hat, like it was gonna look exactly the same. I'd be like, you're crazy, and that's gonna look stupid. But it doesn't. They look so good. Yeah. Which is another, like, gripe I have. It's like, they had a, the whole recipe. They had a decent cast. You know, that the main actor is not, like, a pushover. Like, he can service the job. He can get the job done. He was PETA. I'll tell you what. He did. He was better than I expected. Yeah. He brought way more than I could have expected to the role. He did. He really did. Um, and, and it, But it's just... all I had all that going for it. And... And they just, it was just so boring. Nothing happens. It, it, like, and I know, and what, what really is another problem is there, it was co-written. I, I know there's probably like a whole writing team, but the guy who made the games was involved in the writing. And he was like, well, I ignore all the cool stuff that like Matt, Pat, eh, eh, you know, and <laughs> like have spent years dissecting online. We'll just throw all of that interesting stuff out the window and we'll just like scrape the surface of like one youtube video and then just slap a dumb story in it you don't like ever see the animatronics do anything the most you see them do is like hang out and play nice with like the little girl that's in the movie yeah like they're friendly for most of the movie there was a disturbing lack of animatronics running down a dark hallway at you yeah, like there was like, nothing. <laughs> most of the movie takes place during the day. Yeah, you know what? You the night shifts that where the game happens and like the stuff is supposed to be scary. You don't get those because, and this is not not nothing wrong with John Hut Josh John Josh Hut Hutchin. Bring it home, Hutcherson Hutchinson. Okay, the nothing to do with his acting. He was given a shitty character because his character, this the the guy who takes the job at Freddy's, he sleeps through every night. He doesn't yeah. even do the job. He goes to sleep and dreams about children that are, pos- admittedly, they're the they're the spirits of the dead children that are possessing the animatronics, which is I think what is the story in the game is about. Yeah. But instead of seeing the animatronics do cool, scary stuff, you just see Josh Hutcherson run around in the woods with a bunch of children, not being scary. Fair. <laughs> very fair there is so much time in the movie spent just doing that just our main character asleep not doing anything interesting all to service some like weird plot about like his younger brother getting kidnapped when they were kids and now he's like hung up about it that's why like beats the shit out of the guy in the beginning of the movie because he thinks he's like abducting a kid it's like there we waste so much time on like character development shit in that movie that's just like unnecessary like you we're all here to watch freddy and foxy and the duck and the duck <laughs> chica <laughs> i think she's a chick you're well probably with that name we're all here to watch them eat people yeah and there is so little of it and uh, you know what matthew lillard, lillard is great stealing the show and and even that is not enough for me to 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 say that. i just don't understand how people are like loving it i've seen so many rave reviews people you know like fellow 
um horror content creators like twitch people who like make livings off of like playing these games and they're like it was so fun like i had no idea it was gonna be this good and i'm like what are what movie did you did i watch like some weird cut of it like devil's advocate i'm with you i thought it was like (laughs) lackluster i thought i i mean i was expecting five nights at freddy's and it was so incredibly tame that i feel like we barely got one and a half nights at freddy's but that being said (laughs) it's a bunch of days at freddy's yeah it's a bunch of days at home before freddy's but that being said the it seems from the you know the money piling in and the ratings that the fan base that they made this for was just so fucking ravenous for this movie that they just <laughs> they don't, can make they anything don't, yeah they don't care they don't give a shit and i'm not saying they don't give a shit because they're like oh we love this bad bad movie but i think it's more so like yes we finally got a movie let's support the ever-loving shit out of it so we can get more movies. I don't like that mentality, I think. (laughs) But you know what? I guess the problem is you can't, like, not support it because the the, the studios aren't going to take the correct lesson. They're just going to go, oh, that's a dead property. Not like, oh, we did that property wrong. Wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They just go, oh, it's dead. Let's buy another thing. It's just, like, it's just such a shame. I hope hope we get We're going to get a sequel. Absolutely. Because they teased it, and also there's no way it made so much money they're gonna they're gonna milk it as much as they can. I just hope we get something more interesting. Because like I said, it's not that it's a bad movie; it's it's worse. It's it's so aggressively mid and boring. It's so dull. I just wanted to sleep the whole time. <laughs> like nothing happens. The kills aren't that interesting. There's like a, there's the the su- there's subplots upon subplots that mean nothing and go nowhere and it's just like I I I would rather go to the theater I'd I'd pay to go watch just like projected videos of Markiplier <laughs> five nights in a row and get the sixth night free than than <laughs> than watch that movie ever again. <laughs> now, this is coming from two, you know, thirty something year old guys. Who don't have any children. I have heard specifically from people who brought their kids who are into Five Nights at Freddy's who are like, yeah, my kids were really into it. It was a good, like, you know, stepping like stepping stone, getting them into Five Nights at Freddy's and getting them into horror movies. I- so like it's not a total wash. It's not it's just it, it was not for adults. Matt's frowning right now yeah. because I don't I, I, I don't I'm not even gonna allow that excuse that it's a good intro to horror is not. In fact, we're eventually gonna do a little kid horror episode where I'm gonna just and I'll come I will come back to this and I will describe so many movies that are a better place to get your kids into horror than Five Nights at Freddy's. If they like the games and they wanna know more about the games, I guess put it on. I don't know, but I wouldn't watch it <laughs> if I were you. I'd put it on and leave the room. Oh, <sighs> Now that I got that off, I feel like I can complain a little bit less about some of these other movies. Let's hit a highlight. Let's let's. let's oh, we want to go. We want to go high. High this yeah, time. Yeah, we went low. Let's go high. All right. Well, what are you thinking? How about uh, you take the lead? Voyage of the Demeter. I had a lot to say on the last one, so you can you can go for it on this one. Yeah. Let's let's talk Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, the last Voyage of the Demeter, uh, by directed by Andre Orvidal. Um, awesome. Uh, 
great cast. Uh, Corey Hawkins, uh, Aisling Francoise, Liam Cunningham. Uh, what's his name? What was his character's name in Game of Thrones? I forget. He's the guy who gets the. He always gets the shit out of the stick. He's like, uh, he's always trying to like get on the good side of um, uh, Bar- uh What's his Stannis Baratheon? Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. Stannis. I'm on your side. And he's like, I want to fuck the redhead bitch. Get out of here. <laughs> Jail. Get, hang out with my daughter. <laughs> he's doesn't he get like stone flesh? He, at some he point? does get yeah. this. Yeah, he he gets a he gets put through the ringer. That guy. Um, but yeah, great in this movie. Um, and David Dasmalkin is in it, and I, that guy, like, came out of nowhere in my life. Like, I had no idea who <laughs> he was, and then he was just in like every movie that I liked. Like somewhere in the movie, I um, got news. He's gonna be in every movie for like the next, <laughs> hopefully, a long time. <laughs> I really enjoy him. I think he's such a good actor. He's capable of, like... He's always playing, like, someone who's at least a little creepy. Sus. A little suspicious. <laughs> but... So he's kind of, like, typecast a bit, but he always just kills it, right? So, like, yeah. I don't care. Uh, and just, like, a whole bunch of... Uh, also, star of the movie, uh, Woody Norman, I think is the little kid's name. Toby? Yeah. Oh, poor Toby. Yeah. Um, he so such a good child actor just blazing star in this movie yeah but the whole the whole movie (laughs) um so this movie is like a kind of like it's almost uh, like a vignette from the dracula the bram stoker dracula story so it's like it's based off of one chapter where um they're transporting cargo uh to london and uh part of the cargo is dracula dracula <laughs> his coffin is being shipped across the sea yeah so um, and which we after we watched the movie we uh i went and grabbed our copy of dracula and i to see how long this chapter was and it is so short it is like 10 pages out of like a like couple hundred page like epic vampire tale well cuz that chapter is all told in uh, like Ship captain's logs. logs yeah right yeah just like the movie kind of is framed around the captain's log uh you know o- o- voiceover um but yeah like so the the chapter is like gives no there's no characters there's no it's just like here's the unless you count the captain making the logs but there's they they pulled this whole movie out of their ass it's not like there's a there was like a framework yeah. to build from other than like some talking points that the captain you know had in those, yeah like, it's like bare pages. bones so, but man, this one was awesome. Fucking stellar. Had really good monster effects. Yeah. Really interesting, like, uh, development. Like, just to see them slowly kind of unwind as, you know, Dracula gets stronger and stronger on board. Some really, really good, uh, like, on-screen kills. Yeah. Uh, uh, sometimes the, the... And the Dracula himself is... Uh, he he's a very feral vampire. Yeah, he looks like a fucking gargoyle the whole movie, and the design is sick. You know, it's like very he looks very like Nosferatu. Uh, like he looks like super Nosferatu. You know, like I said, mixed with like a gargoyle. The design is really cool. Uh, I think like sometimes it gets like a little. They lean a little bit too much on the CGI, but it's like almost totally forgivable. Yeah. Um. Because they have, like, really good, like, uh, set work and lighting and stuff, you know? So, like, it, it, they really mask a lot of the CGI that they use anyway. 
It's it's a good one, dude. It's kind of a it's kind of a slow burn. Really, I was gonna say almost opposite. I thought it was like really well paced because like almost every night somebody's getting picked off. So it's not yeah. like it's not like oh, takes, there's nothing, it, and then the very last scene is like you know everybody everybody dies. Out. No, yeah. I think it does take like a little bit for for the deaths to start happening, but that's not like a bad thing because you the the characters are so well written and well acted. You're in just interested in the story to the point where like I was just like I just wanted to find out what was going to happen with the main character. He's like a doctor. Like was he going to get along with the crewmates? I was like oh, and then Dracula's going to show up. I totally forgot that that's what's <laughs> going to happen in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> when I, uh, you can when the characters are, are are good enough that you like forget that a horror is gonna happen that you forget to them. <laughs> dracula is also like a main character yeah i think that's that speaks very highly of the of the writing and the cast so i i, I loved it dude i i and i would watch it over and over it just it's such a good looking movie yeah i i the, uh, literally the only like nitpicky little tiny itty bitty nonsense complaint i have is that didn't get to see enough ship labor i <laughs> love a, me that a good a nitpick that's like I a love, weird love like give me like some moby dick ship labor <laughs> give me like a nice l- boring day of them pulling ropes and fucking scrubbing and swabbing and you could just watch master and commander like, fall know, four times know. you know i think i think that's what i needed i needed like two screens at once i'll watch like a third of the last voyage then i'll just like check into some other pirate movie where they're doing ship labor come back and then just when i'm like yeah i could really see let me get some more hoisting in here i'll you know what i'll do i'll i'll make you a custom cut of the movie where i'll just find other movies with ship labor and i'll just kind of splice it in uh, different parts <laughs> a night will end someone gets killed by dracula and i'll just drop in like four minutes of footage from pirates of the caribbean <laughs> yeah that's fine just like a nice a nice um super cut of like i'll i'll, I'll drop in like a boiler room scene from titanic and you're like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> but yeah I, I thought that movie fucking slayed it was really fun it, it was good huge recommend it makes it makes a good case for like maybe trying to extract like a couple other like vignettes from similar tales yeah more from dracula the the movie does sort of end on kind of a cliff not a cliffhanger but sort of like a we can make another one a transition these. yeah if you like it we could we could do this again yeah you know, no boats this time but well you know <laughs> but you know this guy uh yeah really good movie though um i guess it trigger warning if you're like sensitive to uh child immolation <laughs> yeah if you don't like kids burning then you might want to stare away from like the yeah. tail end of the movie some but. of the best uh like daytime vampire death i think i've ever seen yeah like vampires burning in the sun oh a really good my a, God. they do a really good version of it in this movie really good vampire stuff you yeah know? uh I, i'm not i'm not one of those people who like got burned out on vampire things i just kind of was like yeah i like vampires and now they're starting to do a lot of bad stuff and we're getting a little saturated but it's, it's been away for a while it's coming back though vampires i'm starting to see a lot of twilight merch show up inexplicably uh, they're gearing up for that twilight <laughs> for remake. another they're yeah ge- they're gearing up for another uh no resurgence. i'm not even joking like that's, no no that's it's in the show. works it's a show oh jesus christ hb i think it's an hbo max show they're doubling down they're gonna do harry potter reboot series and twilight reboot series god save us all you know what i really would like to see is for them 
to do because you know how stephanie myers did the book where she just flipped genders on every character yes she just rewrote her book with everybody being a different gender the opposite genius yeah. move honestly um, from a marketing standpoint oh yeah well then she also rewrote the first book just from edward's perspective there's three versions of the first book <laughs> bonkers um talk about milking but it i would love to see them redo the first movie and find the best the, like the closest like give us female robert pattinson and <laughs> and honestly you could just you could just cast uh Kristen Stewart uh, <laughs> as, Edward? as Edward like I would that sounds like an SNL skit but I would love to fucking see it just for the comedic value alone <clears throat> I believe I believe the female ver- or the male version of Bella is Bo Beauford Beauford Swan get the fuck out Bo Beauford. Swan <laughs> but yeah uh, go check out Last Voyage of the Demeter you'll have way more fun than Five Nights at Freddy's um so now let's go let's take it back down again because this this was a movie that i really didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. from it and it has good source material that like is directly implanted into the movie but man it it, this was another just like meandering nothing burger movie uh dear david (laughs) this is way worse than freddy's uh, I disagree because it had much less power behind it than just, like, the 12 years of Five Nights at Freddy popularity and lore going for it. You know, this was just a series of tweets from, like, a really cool artist that just, you know, got made into a movie. Uh, so if you guys don't know, so Dear David is, like, a weird Twitter tale that was given to us by the artist Adam Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good artist. You should follow him on all his pages. He's funny, hilarious. As fuck. He's so, so funny, fucking funny. And his uh, his art is so good, so funny. And his art just keeps getting better, dude. Yeah. Every evolving year. at it at an amazing pace. Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. And he does such good horror comics, like short little like three scrolls on Instagram horror comics, but they're so good. I mean, I know he doesn't write. Like, he, he doesn't get the, you know, the inspiration for a lot of them aren't from him. He, like, kind of, like, goes on to, like, Reddit and 4chan and, yeah. like, finds, finds creepypasta. Yeah, and he asks people yeah. if he can use the story and, they you know, if they do let him, then he makes it. But but he interprets them so well and they're so scary. Even though his art's very, very stylized and cartoony. I don't like to use that term because it's kind of, like puts an artist in a box feels like, derogatory yeah but it is it is very like animated uh, and stylized but it still just works um and so like a while ago years ago right yeah. he like started po- these posts on twitter now i don't know if in the movie he's in the movie's about adam ellis yes it's about it's, when he was working he doesn't the act in it they have they cast somebody to play adam ellis which i think big mistake i know but i know that he's like very shy and insecure so like he, he's not gonna act in the movie yeah not a trained actor but like i think it still would have been better if they just had him in there i agree because <laughs> honestly the guy who played him really wasn't that great either so no um <clears throat> and adam ellis is way handsomer it's true <laughs> it's really that's really true um but yeah so it, i don't know if the original story as he tweeted it was he working at buzzfeed yes he was so yes. the movie is directly like 
He was working at Bug Feed. Bug Bug Feed. Bug Feed. Bug Feed. <laughs> um, he was working at Buzzfeed and started experiencing a haunting in his apartment. He was being haunt- visited by like the spirit, supposedly by the spirit of this little kid with like a gross dented head. Um, and I don't really, you know the story better than me, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's portrayed in the movie, like, pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, he was going through some shit in his life, and it was, you know, kind of being spurred on by the pursuit of, like, making this comic. Things were getting, like, more and more, like, out of control in his life, and at the same time, you know, it was kind of, like, the only thing he had, like, to hold on to like creatively mm-hmm. so he was just trying to like get that out and it was getting a lot of fucking attention and I, i'd be interested to see if he was posting it on reddit at the time but like it was like wildfire people were like really tuned into this shit yeah you know uh, a lot of people on both ends of the spectrum a lot of believers like oh he's really being haunted by this kid and people who are like this guy's bullshit but i'm gonna keep up with the <laughs> yeah adam ellis is a surprisingly d- divisive uh internet character uh, yeah it really is which does not make any sense to me like <laughs> the amount of hate that he uh accumulates uh in real life and in this movie are just like cartoonish yeah like he is he's just internet art guy please leave him alone <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild um but that, the kind of the problem I have with this movie is I would I'm just more interested in real life Adam Ellis yeah. tweets and stuff like this movie does not it's it's just kind of boring yeah like the 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 haunting stuff some of it's like done okay but for the most part it's not really scary the 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 creepy kids not really all that creepy you know and if you're gonna make a creepy kid movie you gotta like get your creepy kid dialed in right. And I feel like the, the the framework of the reality and like his tweets and everything, the that they built the story off of are almost that they're interesting because they are just like vague, short little like messages from an experience. Yeah, fleshing it out all the way like this, getting and the showing full us, behind yeah, the scenes. That it kind of like unravels like the interest in the mystery. It kind of makes it like super yeah. like mundane. Yeah, you're seeing too much of it, and none of it's really that interesting. Yeah, um, it's like a bad monster reveal. It would have honestly been better if they didn't like push the horror movie stuff. Like if it was just if it was just a <laughs> a love story with ghosts in it, you know? <laughs> a crimson peak. Where like yeah, if it was just if it was actually like an examination on mental health. And, like, you know, at the end, there is no, like, haunting, and it really is, like, maybe in his head, or, like, it could have been saying something, but the fact that it really also, like, they try to examine mental health, but just the overlay of, like, there is actually this creepy little kid that they have to solve that mystery, like, burn the bones of the kid, you know, they have to, like, figure out how to actually deal with it, kind of takes the the wind out of the... It cheapens the rest of the material. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I just felt like they were trying to go for too many things, uh, and none of them really land. It was also very boring. Like, yeah. just not enough, like, even at the, like, the, the high highs of the movie are, like, still, like, real, like, you're like, man, yeah. it, and, and it, it also doesn't benefit from having, like, 
there's no real gore to be had except for like what did the one kid like get choked on like a tv remote or something yeah something like that it's like and even that didn't really look that great so they just like shot for a bunch of things and missed all of them and so it's and it's a shame because like i would love for more of his like adaptations and his stories to like get that treatment i would say the one thing that they did really land on though they made justin long uh, <laughs> the his BuzzFeed boss editor yeah he was like a buzzfeed editor like this terrible like industry shithead editor who was like he was good the epitome of all of those guys rolled into one i love... and i have to imagine that that guy absolutely not only existed at buzzfeed but probably still exists at Bud- buzzfeed and, and is <laughs> benefiting off of everyone else's hard work every day yeah absolutely um like i don't even have any budget or or money because this went like straight to streaming yeah i don't know anything about this movie um justin long was good in it i do love uh we there the scale of like likable justin long characters is quickly being like way outweighed by the shitty justin long archetype and i love it so much more like the the tusk the um, uh-huh. the barbarian the the dear david the, the real shithead justin long makes me laugh so much uh, he he just he's so good at it <laughs> uh but yeah so not i didn't I, I didn't hate it as I, I didn't have I don't have as strong a reaction to it as I did Five Nights at Freddy's. I think it's they're very similar. I think it's like you said up top for the uh, for for this movie though. It's like Five Nights at Freddy's is coming off of like a really powerful base, and this is coming off of like a very it's like, very niche niche yeah like story. Like I didn't even know about it. Yeah, and you you follow Adam Ellis. Yeah, and I missed it completely. That's what I because I spent I I only just like this year started using Twitter. That's why I missed you're not, you're so not, much stuff. All the things that happened you already missed. I know, and Twitter's dead. It's a husk now. I'm just I'm like I showed up and there's just like bones everywhere, and I'm like what just happened? a people just a bunch of people clamoring <laughs> to like please give me money. Um. All right, well, yeah, so that's that. Uh, you can skip it. You probably don't even know where to watch it because nobody You're good. watched it. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to anymore. You see it, you're, you're scrolling through Peacock or whatever, you see it, skip it. Go watch a YouTube video about it. You'll feel better. Yeah, watch, yeah you, it'll, it'll be waste much less more time. interesting. Um, so what do you think? You, you go next. Uh, what are you feeling? Um, let's hit, let's hit a, a horror comedy. Yeah, we got good. to see uh, the blackening together before we oh, moved in here. Yeah, the blackening. This was um, I, quite a pleasant surprise. Not that I thought it was going to be bad. I just didn't know ab- about it. I didn't think it was going to be bad, and I still was like happily surprised by how. <laughs> good and funny and fun it was i think my only like hesitation when putting it on was i was worried it was going to be a scary movie type you know like the, the comedy quote, the brand co- scary the brand, movie. like i thought it was going to be that type of humor agreed Same. you know like yeah. it was going to be I, I controversial i don't like the scary movie movies that is controversial. Uh, he, I know a lot of people don't like the later ones. He's hell-bent on getting us kicked out of the <laughs> horror community. I, I, I just, like, 
I I understand there's like there's definitely nostalgia baked into it. The movies are not as good as everyone thinks they are. True. Just they're not. They're not that good. It's a lot of nostalgia. Whether or not they're still good, you know, I, I'll let people have it. Look, I just don't like them. I don't that kind of humor never spoke to me. I mean, it doesn't age well either. But I <laughs> no, I will not. I will die on the hill of Scary Movie Two is very very funny tim curry is in it with his super long prosthetic nipples in a a disgusting scene that is so fucking funny there's there's good stuff here and there uh but on the whole i don't like them they're not for me not great i'll let everyone else have them though um but we can agree they're not as good as everyone thinks they are but the blackening was really good but yeah blackening was really good it wasn't that kind of humor it was you know it it's a very it's hard to like you know we're two white guys kind of hard for us to speak to a lot of the like experiences that are being drawn from in this movie but we can definitely as someone as two people who have seen enough horror movies we understand that there is like such an insane amount of tropes surrounding just uh, your average black character we even talked about it in thanksgiving yeah how we thought that guy was written so like normal human that it it was it it was like to its benefit like it wasn't like this stereotype of some crazy black dude it was just like a normal fucking guy yeah it it definitely it it, the movie is playing off of just completely played out untrue depictions of african-american people in horror movies that have just been for whatever reason they still like to this day yeah continue to be used yeah don't know why. At least, like you said, at least we're we're getting like little glimmers of like, well, maybe we like can write normal people like they're normal people, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but this movie is playing on all that. It's about a um, group of like I don't know how many friends were there. Like you know, like six, I think six, six or, or eight. seven. Um, like a group of friends who are all going to stay at uh, this like cabin that they've rented out out in the woods um just party for the weekend they're doing um, a juneteenth party yeah that's it that's the fun thing about the movie is it's like a probably the only juneteenth horror movie i would imagine yeah that i've ever heard <laughs> um uh and it's they all go there and they start getting like picked off by well two of them arrive early and immediately get like picked off by some unseen slasher type killer right mm-hmm. Um, then everyone else shows up and it sort of like becomes like a, a, a saw movie for like a little bit where yeah. they're getting like the, they get locked in a room and they have to like solve a puzzle or somebody's going to die and there's TV screens and voices. It reminded me of the collector. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but it's all very, it's all the whole movie is played very light hearted. Yeah. Um, it's the, the actors are all like so good. So the, the film was directed by Tim story. Um, and it's starring Grace Byers, Jermaine Fowler, Melvin Gregg, X Mayo, <laughs> um, Dwayne Perkins, Antoinette Robertson, uh, Shinqua walls, Jay Farrah. I mean, it's just like all, they're all so good. Uh, in their roles and they uh, again because they're just normal people and they're written that way it's extra funny because they're like acting like 
normal how normal people would respond to a horror scenario yeah. right so yeah. so because like the movie's lighthearted, but horror things are happening to these people their very normal reactions are funny because they're like instant like they're like oh we gotta get out of here like the yeah. first thing they're all being behaving very realistically <laughs> and it's just like the, the the comedy comes from just them knowing they're like listen you know what happens to us in horror movies you know it's it's there's one scene that was really funny where they they make well they're playing that like game of death where they make everyone suss out who's the blackest and they're all coming up with these excuses <laughs> of like, for like oh i'm not that black i voted for donald trump twice yeah <laughs> and they're like arlen you can get out of here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also they have because they have to decide, like, who's going to die. And immediately, their first response is like, well, no, no one's going out there. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Why the fuck would we do that? <laughs> it's it's really funny. And you know what? The movie does have, like, a pretty good twist. It's yeah. It's got, like, a, a legitimate, like, surprise uh, at, the t- at the back end of the movie. And also, there's just funny, like... The way, like, uh, I forget um, the, the character, but one of the characters, this chick, she, like... Uh, gets high accidentally she like takes too much medication from like the nurse chick like gives her something and she takes too much of it and then she starts like she turns into like a kung fu like like prodigy and she starts like beating the shit out of like one of the killers it's it's really funny Uh, (laughs) and the the moments where this movie wants to be a horror movie i think really work yeah yeah for sure they're like they they're able to maintain tension. They're able to like subvert your expectations. Yeah, just because it's, it's a, just because it's a comedy, you know they they weren't like slouching on the in the horror side of it. It's no. still it's a, it's a, it's a legitimately funny, a really funny, good horror comedy. It's like I, I like would watch it again in a heartbeat. Totally recommend like anybody watching it. I mean, there's gonna be like some things where just like if you're not an African American person, if you're not a person of color, there's like some cultural references you know that you're just like you know not gonna necessarily be like in in on but like, you can still appreciate the movie i don't think it's like an exclusionary movie you no. know it feels I mean, like, like I, I feel like 90 percent, if not more of like the references the jokes and everything mm-hmm. was very you know tangible to me like it wasn't stuff where i was like ha 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 i don't know what i'm laughing about like i <laughs> it's pretty like normal accessible culture it's uh it's it's a it was a really good movie very surprising it just came out of nowhere for me i was like oh what's this movie and i like got it for us to to watch and it was it was hilarious <laughs> really really good um but that's a big recommend for me um so that was yours so now now we pick one from my my list um let's stay let's stay on a high Hi. Let's, let's, let's go through puberty <laughs> a second time, guys. Oh man, that's staying in. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, let's uh, actually You got another stinker? Uh I got nothing but heat over here. Uh yeah, we we got a stinker here. Um Uh actually no no no. We'll we'll go with what I was originally gonna go with. Let's talk about cobweb. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Cobweb was awesome. But it really, it, I feel like it kind of like snuck in and like, no, I don't know anybody who is talking about it or hey, who saw it. I mean, because of the strike, you know, people couldn't promote 
True. Shit. Yeah. That so was, it that was, was probably, like it was very it came close. out thick in the strike. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, end of September, early early October. I'm pretty sure we talked about it in our September October roundup a little bit, uh, just saying like how excited we were for it. And man, it fucking delivered. That movie was fucking awesome. Had style. Had good execution. Uh, it uh, it may not have stuck the landing visually at the very end. There was a lot of CGI and some bad stunt coordination. But the rest of the movie was so fucking fun and cool that I think it really like wraps everything together enough. Uh, it also is starring the um, the kid Woody Norman, who was like the star of of Last Voyage of the Demeter. Like he like killed it in that movie, and then we like the next day watched this movie, and we're like, "That's the kid from Demeter. That's Toby. <laughs> it's Toby. He's here." Uh, so this movie, uh, well, I actually just read in the uh, the IMDb trivia. So first of all, Seth Rogen produced this movie. It's his first uh, first horror movie that he's ever produced. Huh. Um, also. <laughs> luke Busey's first movie ever oh yes <laughs> we got oh. a Busey. we saw that Busey in the uh in in the like preview screen when we were watching it on uh you see this kid and you're like that's a Busey. yeah yeah he's instantly in, he's in those jeans are powerful dude that's like a triple level denim <laughs> jeans though they're they're so thick on that kid um, it's like canadian tuxedo level jeans but this so this is the the from the trivia and this might be why nobody was talking about this so it says the movie was notoriously undermarketed with virtually no advertising by its studio despite having heavy hitting producers such as seth rogan and a generally overall positive response by critics the film opened in july against barbie and oppenheimer that's a tough time to that's a tough time to be a movie i mean at that point yeah why the fuck are you gonna spend the money to promote the movie yeah no no one's going to see it. it People were double featuring, double fist in Barbenheimer. There's That's a no... shame. I hope it gets a re-release in some way because that movie is an an absolute <laughs> unsung hidden gem for like Halloween. Yeah, it's, so, it's so good. So Cobweb is about a little kid who thinks there is uh, monsters living in his closet and in the walls of his house, and his parents uh, vehemently deny this all the while acting. Very creepy and suspicious. The most suspicious parents of all time. The cast is killer. So we already know the kid's great, right? But the father in the movie is played by Anthony Starr, uh, uh, Homelander. Homelander himself, the milk-drinking Homelander. So we know he can be intimidating and creepy. He was such a good scary dad. Perfect scary dad, dude. Perfect scary dad. Perfect scary dad. He, he sold it 100%. Uh, and the mom... Oh bless her played by lizzie kaplan i have just such love for lizzie kaplan i think she is like such an underutilized actress she should be in everything she's so good and she should definitely be in more horror stuff because she was great in this but she's also my one of my favorite like horror performances of like all time is her as annie wilkes in season two of castle rock and for me to be like that like happy with a portrayal of annie wilkes that isn't um fucking what's her name uh oh (laughs) oh man how can i forget the name uh kathy bates 
for anybody to to tr- even try and touch misery and it not be kathy bates like that's like a almost insurmountable hurdle in yeah. my brain as far as i'm concerned and lizzie kaplan just like stepped right on over she was like i'll do it i mean she, just she in both roles she plays a very very good convincing hysterical nut job lady yeah she's so good at it man so good janice ian dude she can do it um, but yeah, so the movie, like, you have these creepy parents, this little kid who's just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, The someone in the walls is, like, talking to him, telling him not to trust his parents, and the movie just gets, like, fucking buck wild. It, 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 Do we call, is this a secret monster movie? Oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's this a monster is a movie. secret monster movie. a monster movie. movie, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd say secret, because it's like, it takes a little bit for it, for it to show up. They do a nice juggling of like, yeah, are they crazy? Is the kid crazy? Who's crazy? Yeah, there's Everyone's a, there's crazy. a, uh, there's a good character, a, like, um, uh, a substitute teacher of the kids that, that gets, like, takes an interest in, uh, that takes an interest in him, and it just, like, it, it, all of the characters work well. It's a real small small movie. scale yeah yeah you know it's like not this big sprawling epic horror movie it's like just takes place in the kid's house and school basically um it, it's it's so well shot and the set design is really good it's just like a pleasant to look at it's like just yeah it's a real pretty movie yeah um camera work is fantastic like the lighting it's it's all there man it, it gets i i think there's some stuff that does uh it it gets a little out of control um towards the end of the movie um we start doing some cgi stuff that's like it was probably a very small budget movie so they didn't have a lot to spend on that stuff i i think if this movie had a little bit bigger budget i i think this movie would have like knocked it out of the park like 10 out of 10 yeah uh but that being said it's still like I had so much fun watching it every second of the movie, even right up to the end where there is a little, it stumbles a little. Um, but I, I'd say it still sticks the landing pretty well. It does end a little abruptly, but you know, it's it's a breezy movie. Like it, I it, think it's one of those. It feels like, and I don't know where the source material comes from, but it feels like one of those movies where they're like they had a really strong creepy pasta, yeah, and they were like, let's turn this pasta into a full-blown you know dinner yeah and this works where like dear david did not yes <laughs> correct um and again it's breezy 88 minutes in and out short and sweet right to the point really good halloween joint there's yeah. lots of dead pumpkins going on it's yeah good. really really good ha- halloween watch like you you know you're trying to like just you know it's season you know you want to pop something on real quick you could do a lot worse you could <laughs> Speaking of Halloween, while you guys were away on uh, honeymoon after oh, your wedding yeah. across Halloween, mm-hmm. I got to see Reptile. We also watched it on the honeymoon. Oh, you did? Yeah, we okay, did watch good. it. <laughs> uh, for I wouldn't say it's necessarily a horror, but it is it's definitely a, 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 a like a killer thriller movie. Yeah, it's a true crime movie, and true crime is horrifying yeah you know so it still counts yeah uh, you know I, I i'll like that would that'd be like saying you know like seven's not a horror movie yeah it's like, it is heresy <laughs> you know like you know, it's like saying mindhunter is not a horror show it yeah, is it is it is <laughs> let's be serious but yeah reptile is really good uh we got 
You didn't like it. Uh, I'm over here like, meh, meh. I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun, uh, like, not necessarily procedural, but, like, it's very much like a cop movie. Uh, I thought it had some really good twists. It kept me guessing pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, the movie is about, um, it's got Benicio Del Toro is the main character, like, Tom Nichols. He's this, like, gruff detective, Mm -hmm. um, like, homicide detective. Uh, And he is investigating the murder of um, this one guy's girlfriend, uh, the guy... Uh, Will Grady's played by Justin Timberlake, who's really good in this movie. Surprisingly good. I mean, the, the whole cast is really good, for the most part. I'd say it's got Eric uh, Bogosian. Uh, you know, we've been watching Interview with a Vampire, so we've seen a lot of him lately. Yeah, he's really good in Succession too. Um, uh, and Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone is is Rocking like it, just jettisoning into like the Scream Queen category <laughs> with all of the horror movies i i don't think i've ever seen like such a such a career as to disappear for so many years and then just come back and be like i only want to do horror movies give me the sickos <laughs> um no she was really good in it um she was super fun in it she plays the the cop's wife and uh she's just enough like convincing like paranoid person and also like mm-hmm. badass like a cop's wife <laughs> like yeah you know what the movie is so it's about uh you know this gruff detective played by benicio del toro uh, investigating the murder of justin timberlake's girlfriend the whole time you know justin timberlake's kind of under suspicion but he like plays a really good like earnest like uh, i'm just guy. trying to cooperate yeah um so there, there, it's a, it's a mystery. Um, my problem is, is that I, I liked the movie a lot. The murder was pretty gruesome, very gruesome. Yeah. My problem is with the back end of the movie. I did not like the ending. I didn't like the reveal of the mystery. It because for me, I'm you know without spoiling too much. It like I like my serial killer movies. Or, or murder movie. I, I just want it to be a scary... The, the, what it ends up being is not scary to me. It's more conspiracy than it is straight-up murder. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, when it becomes, like... When, when the, the murder mystery turns out to be something like that, it just feels, like, too mundane and, like, not really that interesting to me anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I, it just kind of, for me, I was like, ah, that's it. So, the big reveal I, was, like, a letdown instead of, like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It was, it was like, for me... I, if I'm, I'm. That's just my taste in crime movies. Mm-hmm. If you're like a hard-boiled detective, yeah, cop I, drama I, like I watcher. It, if you like like the the you know the style of like Mindhunter and like the David Fincher kind of mm-hmm. approach to that. If you like the like slow burn like gritty old guy detective, um, no country for old men kind of approach. I I think this is right up your alley. Yeah. I would say this isn't a bad movie. I'd say this movie is good. It just wasn't the one for me. Yeah. Um, it, fe- it fell a little flat for me, but that's total personal taste. Don't let it, you know, it, that's that's all me. I think this is like a four and a half, if not like, I think four and a half is out of five is pretty, pretty solid. I'll, I'll, I'll let it, I'll divert 
or, or you know, I'll, I'll defer to you for this one because, like I said, it's not for me. But I understand that it was like a pretty solid movie. I, I it had me for almost all of it. Yeah, you know, just dropped me at the end, you know, because it was for other people. <laughs> uh, to switch gears to a different murder mystery, on Halloween we got to watch Haunting in Venice. Oh yeah, I forgot this one was on your list. Um, yeah. this one I loved. Great. I think this is probably well. I mean, I haven't seen. The middle Poirot movie. Let me so, tell you, I've seen it. This one's better. I can, I can believe it because I, I loved it a lot more than I liked Murder on the Orient, which I liked. Yeah. Um. You know, for for anyone again who doesn't know, so uh, Murder in Venice is part of a trilogy. I don't know if there's gonna be more, but there's three now, so it's a trilogy. Um, based around the Agatha Christie character Hercule Poirot, who's this. Walking, fu- talking, fu- mustache. walking, talking mustache detective who's not an actual detective. He's he's like a uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes type, where he's like a detective but not paid by anybody. Yeah, he's right? not you a know? cop detective. It's he's his like hobby. A private eye. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's his hobby. He's just so so good at solving mysteries that he's too good to even work for the police. You know, they gotta come. They have to outsource to him. Um, a really fun character. If you like Sherlock Holmes types. You you you're, you're right at home with this guy. Uh, I think what is the uh, the actor who plays him? Do you know his name? I do not. Let's take a quick pause. What I liked most about this, in particular, and we kind of talked about it when we did our other roundup. It delivered in like a much smaller package than the previous two films. Murder on the Orient and Murder on uh, Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. They were both such like sweeping, grandiose, big, grandiose like visuals. This one was much more contained. It was like a single location, similar to the train. But even the train, it was like you had all these shots of the train like moving across like the landscape, which was all CGI. yeah. And I guess you're on a. I'm assuming you're on a big yacht. Or something in the yes, you're on like a big like river crawler. Yeah, but the the cool thing about um, haunting in Venice was that it was all contained to one single like location for ninety nine percent of the movie. Yeah, but I mean, I I wouldn't say it's not grandiose. I I I get what you're saying, but don't let that diminish. Like the set work in this movie is so good. You're in this like creepy rickety building in venice so the streets are like you know just all it's all canals you know fl- the buildings are like flooded at the bottom you can just tell it's all stinky in there mm, big stinky um yeah so so the movie is uh about poirot uh gets like somebody like begs him to take on oh it's uh what's her name tina fey tina fey's character who's like this author she's like hey i want to write a mystery book about uh this this person but you know they're claiming to be a psychic uh i need you to come out and suss out whether or not they're really a psychic or not uh or a medium you know so she brings him in as a favor and then you know they there ends up there there ends up being a murder and poirot is like that's it we're all locked in here there's no way there's anything supernatural happening. I'm going to figure out this mystery. And yeah, yeah, it's all about him going, like driving himself crazy, trying to be like, there's no ghosts. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really good. I, I, I really liked it a lot. There's some genuine, like scary stuff. It's not like a, 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 a full on horror movie. It, no. it is, it is a, a murder mystery 
that just has a lot of like ghostly like supernatural elements you <laughs> it's know it's a crimson peak it's another crimson peak you know it, it's it's, it's a, a mystery <laughs> with ghosts <in> it. <laughs> uh but no i really i really like this one uh if you've seen the other ones uh, and enjoyed them and you know we're thinking of checking it out definitely do it but you can also watch this movie totally without having seen the others. Yeah. It's, yeah. The character doesn't change at all through any of the movies. It's like you said. It's like a Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. It's like if you, you get the gist of him, like, right? oh, he's like the best fucking detective ever and he's got yeah, an yeah. insane mustache, then that's all you really need to be primed for. Exactly. Yeah. So I I definitely recommend this one. I had a really good time. And it's it, it's the movies are always – these ones are always really fun. Same with like the Knives Out. It, it's always fun like – figuring out the mystery as you go yes. seeing if you can beat him to it you know yeah. by the end of the 90 minutes or whatever i thought i had it pegged too i was like i know exactly who did it and then i was fucking it took me wrong i i was part wrong i was right only because i heard a line in the movie that you and heather missed like you guys were like didn't hear it when someone said something and it was like oh i know what happened you know but so so i had this like one point of knowledge that you guys missed out on and i was like they don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh but no it was really fun i liked it that was a real i i didn't expect it to be bad so it's not like i was no. surprised i i like the other uh, i like murder on the orient i figured this one would be good but yeah totally cool um Let's see. Next on the list. Um, I, so I have another. Do we want to do? Do we want to do a down or an up? We had two pretty two much up, ups. Two let's up. go down. All right. Let's talk about Exorcist. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, Exorcist believer. The uh, next project from well, well, last well, the last. Well, yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be the next uh, classic horror series taken on by David Gordon Green. Uh, you know, writer and director of the Halloween Ends Kills trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so he was apparently this was supposed to be another trilogy of his, right? Three Exorcist movies, starting That's what with, they were geared up for, starting with Exorcist Believer. This movie bombed so severely from from my what I gather that the studio has removed him from the project and are sort of like re figuring out how to redo this whole thing yeah. right like maybe still keep some skeleton of what he had planned but i think they're bringing on like a whole team to just totally totally gut re it redo yeah. it gut it and stuff it with something better um people really did not like this movie i so i had predicted you did we've, i predicted we've been talking about it for a while i predicted this outcome not because of anything david gordon green has done in the past we love his work i love his work but I could see, I feel like I could see the worm turning right out the gate from that trailer. I was like, this is going to be a stinker. And it was. You will argue against it. But we're really, we're, this is a, I'm, I'm not coming out of this one smelling like roses uh, <laughs> this, this episode. I, I, I feel like it, it I'm in the failed over here. I feel like it failed on every level I thought it was going to. Okay, um, which is? I, I thought it was a really forced narrative to make this an exorcism, like a franchise exorcism movie. I think we talked about it when we were done watching it. This movie probably would have skated under the radar and made like a decent amount of money and like probably been like just a passable kind of like mid-exorcist movie 
if it wasn't roped into the brand. Yeah, so that's that's my main takeaway and point that I will make is that this movie wasn't bad, in my opinion. I think this movie was a perfectly serviceable movie about exorcisms. I think it's catching way, way, way more flack than it ever deserves because it's, like you said, attached to the the Exorcist brand. It's got the fucking theme music in it, and it's got the font, and for some reason, and it's got the actress <laughs> from the first one, and because of that, people, I guess, have, like, re- they're really attached to it. I would say the, the defenders of, like, the uh, original Exorcist movie are... They hold that movie in, in like a like glass sacred, case. Sacred, which it is, is ironic. It is like a sacred text <laughs> that it, that movie. It's. I, I just think like this movie is a per. Like I said, a perfectly acceptable, serviceable movie about exorcism. If it was called anything else, like Two Haunted Girls, like Two Haunted Girls would be a fantastic <laughs> title. I would go see Two Haunted Girls <laughs> if it was literally called anything else. And you could even just, like, name the actor. The actress could still be in there. You could have just changed her name and said, like, oh, this is someone other. She just happens to have also acted in that Exorcist movie that everyone likes. You know, the movie would, nobody would be talking about it. It would have made a fine amount of money. It would have been a a medium. I'm not afraid to spoil a, a part of this movie. The they they put all of this emphasis on bringing in Reagan's mom as like a as like an arbiter of like you need to do the exorcist. It's like wicked important. Yeah, like Trust she's not me. an exorcist herself, no. but she's the one who they go to to resolve help resolve the problem. Because she's like, well, my daughter was shitty for a while. Yeah, uh, so I'll help you figure out. She what gets to do. drummed up as this pro, and then immediately gets both of her eyeballs stabbed she's, out by a crucifix she the the second she sets foot into the exorcism she's like oh scenario. look at that terrible terrible possessed girl oh both my eyes yeah she gets her eyes gouged out immediately by two crosses and it's just like a, it's so sad because i feel bad for that character because She's she's acting in the movie. She's acting her heart out. That how old is she at this point? You know, and she's killing it. Here's the interesting part to me as someone who's like studied like a a, a decent amount of like exorcism for this show and like Just other personal yeah and uh, and like <laughs> other reasons uh like philosophies based on the practice of exorcisms. The movie goes out of its way to undersell Catholicism. And kind of make it more of like, hey, if we make this like a multi-denominational practice, it will actually better serve the people who are performing the exorcism and the people who are possessed. Because we can kind of come at it from multiple angles instead of like just like, here's the Catholic God and he's here to kick out the spirits. They make it more of like a... uh, a kind of like a team effort to go like all right well here's like the catholicism part but also here's like all of the other um i forget what the exact uh religious where, where, practice where are they in the beginning are they like in 
I'm pretty sure they're in Africa. Well, yeah, but I'm thinking, like, were they in, like, Nigeria? I can't know. remember off the top I'm, of my head. I'm not sure they're, But the, the point is that they bring all of these different schools of thought together to do the exorcism, and that w- is what's, like, inevitably, or, excuse me, uh, that's what's, like, interesting about it, is that they're like, hey, like, you know, we're usually, like, really heavy on, like, the Catholic God, but, like... We're going to try and, like, do some other things here and yeah. bring it all together to make it, like, a team effort. It, but, like, I think that's what almost, like, I like that about it, but I think that's what fucks it up in the brand. <laughs> it's like, no, your whole brand is the Christian God is what fixes this problem. Yes, uh, which is why if it was just not attached to the exorcist, yes. it would have been fine. I almost would have liked this premise better if it was a Pope's exorcist sequel. It's like, imagine <laughs> if instead, if Russell Crowe Crow had to show up and perform a double exorcism on two possessed girls. Interesting. Uh, well, then we would have had a cool, like, double demon Super Saiyan Pope fight, right? Yeah, that would have been, been even better. Uh yeah, I it I think this movie is catching a lot of flag. I don't think it's that bad. I, I think there's some good possession stuff happening. The two girls are pretty good, you know. They're pretty they're pretty okay. They're they're fine and they're you know, I think, you know, for having to be in like that crazy, you know, possessed child makeup for like all that time, you know, that I think they did a pretty good job. Uh yeah, I don't know. I it, it wasn't the, I'm not saying I loved the movie. I thought it was like fine. It was like medium. I I won't watch it again. I, there's so many other better like possession movies, yeah. But like I it just like it's to like get this guy like fired, taken off of his own project that you already were like, yeah, man. Like especially because people were pretty, you know, divided on that third Halloween movie, and you still gave him three of these movies. So like, Halloween let made him money. Let him cook, man. Halloween made money. Well, well then trust that his like maybe the first one's gonna be a little rough. Let him let's see what happens with the other two. Maybe like it was all gonna ramp up to something cool, but now we're uh, never gonna know. I, they can't risk it. That, that's and that's the unfortunate reality is like these have to make money, if, especially if they're gonna keep if they're already dedicated to making three of them. If you can see right out the gate that like your first one's tanking, you have to pivot. <laughs> you you already like, com- pot committed to three. You gotta pivot. Well, here's the thing though. It's got to make money. It had an estimated budget of thirty million. Gross worldwide, it's already made one hundred thirty-five million. So it's already made money. <laughs> but again, this is this is the Exorcist brand. This is like the premier gold, like SSS plus tier level of exorcism movie, as far as pop culture like stands. Here's the thing: we disagree on that. Because we both think that the exorcism is like the exorcist is like it's it's pretty fucking good, but it's not like wow. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: like it's 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 never, even if this movie was awesome, yeah, it's already made 135 million dollars. It's not gonna have made that much more than this. Here's the thing: it's that that movie, The Exorcist, is never gonna make a bunch of money. The only reason it did was because no other movie was that scary when that movie came out in the '70s or whatever. Yeah, like we can get we can get in The Exorcist level scary movie anytime we want. It like four of we talked about like four of them this year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just never like it's yes. Is it a brand that everyone knows? Yeah, but nobody like like 
the horror people are gonna watch it. We watched it, you know, yeah. like, but no, not, you're not gonna like draw in like the layman because they're like, oh shit, that series is back, you know. Well, like, they, they, you know, I think we both agree. Like the original, they caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I I think this time they caught lightning square up the butthole. <laughs> well, you know what? I hope that the studio hires a whole nother team that they think can do it better and then the second one comes out and it bombs just as bad it and will. then they'll fucking learn it's not it's just not just let it let the guy make the movie don't don't have high hopes for it because it's just not gonna I you're would, never gonna I, get it just re-release the original in theaters I, you're gonna get more money doing that i don't hope bad on any and on any horror project i want all of them to be as as great as they could be but man, that next team has the ability to do something so funny, which is make an equally bad movie, <laughs> or possibly a worse movie. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with this next new new team Exorcist movie. But this studio is going to. There's not going to be a third one. I promise you. There's going to be a culling. Yeah. The the studio is going to drop this brand. They're going to lock it away. And we're never going to see another The Exorcist movie ever no. again. <laughs> uh, and all that for just a very medium movie. Uh, all that hate and all that damage done to the brand just for because people are overreacting to a mid movie. Gotta deliver. You're just taking <laughs> it's big not, swings. You gotta you know fucking connect. And you know what? It's not mid in the bad sense like Freddy's was either. <laughs> um, so that's uh that's almost it for me uh, on my list i have one more movie i think you have a couple more right? i only got one more what do you got vhs vhs 85 right. yeah i got one more too and then we can wrap it um, vhs 85 bucks <clears throat> it ah. is really good now you do kind of have to you know it's a found footage movie and all it's a found footage anthology yes we've had many vhs movies we have like vhs one two three We've had this new series, which is like based on that. We've had VHS ninety. They're like decade based. The decade based ones. So we had ninety four. El Rama. Yeah, and then uh, this one, which is eighty five. Yes. Uh, yeah. If so, you have to like kind of know what you're getting into. They're like fairly low budget found footage films. Um, all handled by different teams. Yeah, it's anthology based, like we said. Yeah, and there's usually a like sort of overarching like. Uh, series of events um linking them all together like outside of the tapes right because it's usually yeah. about a bunch of people find like some tapes and then watch them all right yeah and something is happening you know in that story and the tapes are what connects it all um this one was awesome uh i didn't like it as much as the 90s one the ratma one yeah i i i will give it to you i think the the 90s one had probably some of the best vhs like uh stories the whole brand has to offer yeah like each each movie usually has like one or two like really good ones um and a lot of them are just kind of like eh, that was all right um but i think uh the 90s one not to harp on that one too much um i think every single one every single short just like fucking kills it yeah uh they're all they all got something cool and memorable about them and you know so so it was going to be a tough act to follow but i think 85 did like a pretty decent job i don't think all of the shorts in this one hit super hard 
there are a few that are really good. Yes, I, I, I think your overarching in 85 is very fun and very strong and that weird. That was the little weirdo That's guy. That's a little weird what, guy. What was his name? It was like, it was something mundane. Like, it was like this weird glop creature that could, like, mimic stuff. Um, his name was just, like, Jeff or, like, Josh or something. Yeah. It was, like, something, like, really mundane that these scientists who found him, like, just named him. But the, unlike the other ones where you said it's usually, like, a group of people finding tapes or, like, I think there was one where, like, they they were doing a raid on, like, a cult compound and, like, that's – the tapes were playing on TVs and, like, that's where we were yeah. cutting to. This one is, like, almost like you're flipping through, uh, like, a TV channel that then has, like – vignettes spliced into it well because what it is is it's so we're, the the overarching like plot is, is that you're in this research facility um with these scientists who are investigating this like weird creature that they found that can like mimic sounds and like objects and things like that and they're like trying to figure out if it can like mimic people so they can talk to it but so what they're doing is like playing tv for it so yeah. it's all these shorts are just tapes that they're playing for this weird thing <laughs> um which in r retrospect at the end of the movie bad, bad idea move. bad idea based on the content you were showing him um but no there's some really really good shorts which is your favorite did you have one uh i think my favorite from this grouping it's tough but i i i really liked the uh the lake one that one's my favorite. Um, kind of a cheat because it's also two parts. Like it, it's it's a, a short that is continued in a different short like later on. So it's like a two part one, but it's so good. It's about like a bunch of teens who go to a lake. Classic, classic setting. We both love that. Um, they go to a lake and they uh, are like all out like water skiing, uh, and then they all start getting picked off by like a sniper from like the woods, and these kids just all get like annihilated. Uh, just like torn apart by bullets just like brutally killed and the makeup is like good yeah dude. it's some gross it's very good gross there's one girl who gets like her jaw like shot half off and she like you see her like trying to like put it back on and just blood's going it's really gross really good um but then all the kids just kind of like wake up with like bullets in their heads and draws off and guts hanging out and they're like, how are we alive? Like, I'm, this doesn't even hurt anymore. And so they're, like, freaking out because they don't know what's happening to them. Yeah. It's such a good, weird, creepy little little story. And then it, like, gets followed up later uh, where there's, like, this creepy murder cult that you find out about. It's really good. <laughs> there's another really fun one about a, uh, like, a TV, like, a news uh, studio. In South America, In South America. Right? They are in a building during an earthquake. And they end up like underground with this like ex uh like extraction crew. Yeah. Who's like trying to pull them out and uh they end up coming across like an Aztec like, a, a, like temple. A hidden that, like, Aztec temple. Oh yeah. And it's there's like so cool. <laughs> they find this like if you guys ever seen uh if you remember this deep cut the legends of the hidden temple. You remember like the, <laughs> the, the, the guard the temple guards that would jump out and scare those those innocent little children? <laughs> they find like one of those guys and it's just it's chaos, but it's really good. Um also cool because it's a like horror subject matter that is you never really get to see very much as people who probably predominantly watch like american made horror yeah. movies you know so we don't get to see a lot of like 
cool other like culture stuff that's why you know i one of the reasons why i've been trying to like get into watching more foreign horror movies because i want to like exp- like I, how many I, i've seen enough like just ghosts yeah you know like give me like some flavor yeah put some seasoning on it i want to watch like a chinese vampire movie with the ha- hopping vampires that come out <laughs> and stuff like show me that japanese umbrella creature you know give me something new you know so I, it was cool to see like oh like a creepy like mayan or aztec like god guy that's cool um so that was really fun what were some of the other shorts i'm like blanking for some reason there was the murder cult one there was so that's like two is like yeah. the boat one and the murder cult then there was the aztec one and then there was one more Oh, there was the um the virtual reality. Uh, I think this VR one was definitely the weakest of all of them. It had a nice big finish, but I thought like the 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 main character of it, who was like doing this performance art like VR. Yeah, it's like she's doing this like summoning. In, basically like an interpretive dance, performing the uh the the the. I just trying to uh, describe the dangers of reliance on virtual reality, and so she performs like a digital demon summoning yeah. ritual, and like a demon in the VR kills her and like starts ripping her apart, and then like she in real life gets like torn apart. It's there like, were good we- effects. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, it was a it was like cool death. It wasn't but, like, bad. It was just the weakest of them of all the shorts. Yeah, there's always one. There's always one um, like, weaker one. And I thought the the girl herself was like so like performance did. art. Yeah, brand of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other the last short was the dream murders. Where 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 they, the 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 police are receiving videotapes oh, yeah, of yeah, murders yeah. before they happen. Yeah. Uh, and then they find out that there's like this funny little goth kid who's having the dreams, and then somehow they're being recorded onto his VHS player as he dreams them. And then he's just like, "I didn't know what to do with these snuff films, so I mailed them anonymously to the police." <laughs> that one was that pretty one was cool. pretty cool. There was some really, really cool stuff in that. And it has, it's like, it is like a little, a tiny little murder mystery movie, like packed into what, like 25 minutes or something like that? Way less. Yeah, it's, it was good. I like that one. Um, but I, but I, like I was saying, overall, I don't think any of them were quite as memorable as like all of them from like the 94 one. Yeah. Uh, except I think the, uh, uh, the murder cult, uh, Immortal Lake one is, I, actually, that one is so good. I'm kind of sad that it just in a VHS movie. I would watch like a whole show. About, I would watch about that. that. Yeah, I would like, watch that show for sure. I would watch like a nice like twelve episode. Like it feels almost like a Stephen King thing where it's like yes. you have one weird paranormal thing and one weird other paranormal thing, and they just kind of like glance. Yeah, across they, each they brush other past enough. each yeah. other. <laughs> he he loves to do that kind of shit too. And also throw in, like, some sort of, like, uh, police or military, yeah. like, uh, aspect at, like, the last second. Yeah. He loves to do that. Fucking, that's, like, what all, it's basically Dreamcatcher. Like, that's what that yeah. old story's about. Um, but, yeah, I, I did. I really like this one. Uh, it, it's another solid, and I think the, the VHS movies have gotten so much better. I think, like, the first VHS movie ever was pretty good, and then for a while they were, like, kind of not good. <laughs> um overall but these this like decades anthology within an anthology that they're doing is like 
really stellar. If they can make like another one of these, what would do the seventies or like a I, what would a seventies? I would one love to watch a seventies one. Wild, dude. Um, yeah, I'd be down. Like, so I I hope they keep going with it. And even if it's not like another decade, if they just do like more, you know, or if they go up, they do like an aughts, you know. I would also either direction time wise i'd be very happy yeah, i think that i i don't see why they wouldn't you know yeah uh, i think people are, are enjoying enough and watching give me a now. y2k vhs Ooh. Ooh. everything's green and blue <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so that's it for that's it for that um what did i say we have one more yeah you gotta end on a high note oh yes yeah this is a high note this is actually i think one of my favorites of the whole batch yeah. Um. So this is it's actually called No One Will Save. No one will save. You. No one will save you. I have misnamed this movie every time we've talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> it is. It is a tough. It is a tough one to remember. It's kind of just like a generic one. They could be. It's also No One Will Save You. Feels it's a correct sentence, but it just feels not right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So this is uh by writer uh, written and directed by Brian Duffield. This is a very tight cast because basically the whole movie is entirely driven by caitlin deaver who Mm -hmm. is she's so good man she's such a good actress Uh, i think she like got her big like people mostly know her for that like um like teen coming of age comedy um what the fuck was it called it's like her and uh that other chick and they like uh, basically were just like studying too hard to get into college all year all oh, high school so they school. didn't have any fun yeah. so they didn't have any fun so they're like we're just gonna have all the fun in one night you know it's one of those types of movies it's like it's like girl um super bad yeah yeah uh, it is girl super it bad. is girl super bad but honestly uh a lot of super bad uh, it, it doesn't hold up it's a little problematic in places. Uh, I'd um, say most of it. And and, and I think this, the, I think the other movie, whatever it's called, um, it will hold up a lot better in the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she like got a big break in that and she's so funny in it. Um, so it's cool to see like, you know, her range. Cause she's kind of like in a, in this movie, it's like a type of horror that's like different than in, cause she's Caitlin Deaver's also, stars in this one netflix show called unbelievable we talked about it yeah before, yeah. yeah where she it plays like a character who like gets raped and then reports it but then gets like too embarrassed she gets about gaslit the... into thinking it was yeah made up. yeah and so she takes it back and just says i i lied about it but she didn't lie she really did get raped yeah but, and then like everybody in her life like hates her for lying about getting raped and you're like wow this is like awful and it was based off a true story, actually. Um, oh God! But she's so she's so like reserved, and it's like a like a, such a quiet like horror role for her. And in this movie, ironically, is also a quiet one for her because I think this movie has like four lines of dialogue the entire time. Yeah. But like she's she's a lot more emotive in yes. this. Like, uh, so it's great to see. she has like so much range as an actress. Uh, I'm really excited to see what she does like in the future. Especially if she keeps doing horror stuff, because I think she, yeah, has got like I think she can make some really good movies. But yeah, so no one will save you. Is basically like the movie starts out uh, in this like hanging out with this like cottage core chick who is just like living her life alone in this giant house in the middle of nowhere, um, just 
it's like it's like a cozy youtuber's like wet dream this yeah. house yeah. right <laughs> um and she like you know is kind of a, she's like a loner right she's like string lights the person yeah basically <laughs> she's like she's like the whole movie she's collecting little houses so she can make like recreate like her town in like a little cute cozy village on her table you know um yeah, she's, like, this loner chick. Uh, you get, like, hints early on in the movie that, like, there's probably some, for some reason, like, she's ostracized from the town. The town hates her guts. Yeah, they don't like her. Or they're ambivalent about her at best. Um, and you're like, well, I wonder why. And you kind of, like, have to discover it over the course of the movie. But you don't really get a chance to for most of it because the, uh, the first night her house, uh, an alien shows up in her house to just, like, probe around and explore <laughs> it's and the aliens are so this is an alien invasion movie but it's sort of like um it starts it's sort of like uh signs where it's like scouts yeah alien scouts yeah. first uh before the you know the big guys show up later um and the designs are really good they this is a heavy cgi movie but the the cgi doesn't look bad and the alien designs themselves are so cool that it really didn't bother me. And the sound, because there oh. is no dialogue, the movie, you know, leans extremely hard on, like, oh, an amazing sound design. It's really, really good. Uh, like, I can't say enough good stuff about the aliens. I love them. They're like, to, to this day, so the movie, <laughs> the aliens in the movie do this weird thing where they communicate partially by, like, Pudding. they've got these long limbs right really long legs really long arms that and there's different flavors of aliens so some of them have like multiple joints in their arms and legs and like some of them are like really small and some are medium the the medium out the first one we encounter has like these little tiny toes that it walks on the tips of like it's like it it kind of like goes up on its tippy toes and it goes like a crab yeah <laughs> It's they're so gross and weird, but not like they're not over designed either. No. You know where it would be like, ugh, that's a bit much. You know, it's just in the sweet spot of like gray alien, but with a little extra to spice it up. You know, and the aliens communicate by doing this weird thing where they like put they, go they in, vogue they vogue they go in these weird poses where they like you know they like, pose like jojo's bizarre adventure characters yeah. to communicate and so ever ever since we watch this movie every once in a while I'll like walk into a room and like go into like a weird like crouch pose with my arms up in a weird angle just <laughs> eric immediately just starts cracking been up. fucking killing me i'll be like walking down the hall he's at the other end of the hall like, like <laughs> voguing like an alien and i'm just dying <laughs> Oh man, it's so funny, but they're creepy too, right? Like yeah. y- in the movie, you know, remove it from the context of the movie, it's very stupid and funny. But like in the movie, it's creepy. I think it does something not a lot of alien movies are capable of doing, where it's like they they tease like little tidbits of it, it, it like in the first sequence, but then throughout the rest of the movie. This they have no problem like giving you full body on screen shots of these aliens and they don't look awful like they th- you want to see more of them yeah it, it's it, it which is it is interesting because it's like unlike signs usually the that, more you see those guys yeah. you're like ah put them back usually that's like the nail in the coffin it's like no you showed too much of your monster you showed too much of your alien you're like 
I cannot get enough of these little weirdos. Yeah, what I mean, what other movies, I mean, th- do you want to see, like, Alien? You know, you want to see the Xenomorph, right? Yeah. But, like, what other ones are you, like, I, I could have seen more of that guy, you know? Like, it, you're right, it is, it's tough. You know, you have, like, um, uh, what, what's the, the giant alien, um, Cloverfield? The second you see most of that monster, you're like, oh, he kind of looks like he an idiot. grass, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, this one was really good, and what was extra good about it is, like you said, great visual effects, uh, great sound design. Uh, Caitlin Deaver is just literally running her ass off in this movie. Sprinting. She, she is, like, the time, amount of time she has to just go into, like, a full tilt, dead-ass sprint for the camera, insane. She, her cardio, man, really, really skyrocketed for this movie. But she's just so good, and this movie is... It's a great horror movie, and it's actually, you know, it's like, it says something, right? It's a, it's it's another, it's another guilt movie, uh, or an, another grief movie. Yeah. Like, oh, pe- the, the aliens are representative for grief, you know? But, like, but it's well done, and it's more of a guilt movie. It's more about, like, living with it's, guilt, Yeah, I think you know? it's way more guilt than grief. Um, but I thought it was funny because somebody else, it might have been too scary didn't watch but i remember listening to somebody else talk about this movie and say the exact same thing where they're like that i said a couple weeks ago where i was maybe months ago at this point where i was like uh, i think we're done with grief being your like horror movie metaphor right I went, like it was good we did great we did a fuckload of them let's put it in a shoebox up on a shelf for a little while yeah, and we'll come pick back a new to thing it. right but yeah i think some somebody else said the exact same thing the other day yeah i was like i'm not alone yeah no we're all we've all seen enough of them at this point but i mean that it's like that's one of those oh you know what it was it was henry and marcus they oh were talking was it? about it on side stories <laughs> That's funny, um, but yeah, I, you know, if you can, if you're willing to take one more uh, lap around the grief track, you know, we can. Uh, I, there's, you could do a lot worse. I think this, this is the movie, one to do. Yeah, it. this one's really, really fun. It never, never dull. Uh, no. it's not a super long movie. It'll, it's just like it, it's a real good time, man. Like I, I, I want to go back and watch this again, uh, because every part of it's just good to look at, you know, and. and that that can that's a tough uh ask for a basically silent film you know yes like for a movie with almost no dialogue in it to still be that like captivating like almost the entire time yeah. it just lo- it just looks so good it sounds so good and you're like invested in the character you like want to know wh- why does everyone hate her yeah <laughs> she yeah, seems the town nice she's her so much like the town hates her more than like I, I More than London if, hates Scrooge. Yeah, it's pretty I, crazy. I think if if Freddy Krueger survived and the town just hated him, they would be less shitty to him than <laughs> they are to this girl. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And then so you're like, well, I gotta find out why they're so mad at her. And also, how is she? And she's so it's so fun to watch her like duke it out with these aliens like try to outsmart them or like prepare for them it's it's like really because because a couple days go by in the movie it's not like one night aliens show up and then by morning the movie's over she like goes to a couple days where she's like all right that alien's gonna come back i'm gonna have to figure out how to deal with this tonight uh which is very funny to me like the the like she (laughs) wakes up and she's like gotta go get groceries and stuff and i'll get nails (laughs) to board up the windows tonight uh it's just it's so fun I, I really liked this one, man. I, it, 
really surprised me. I, I mean, I don't know why I should be surprised because this was a Hulu original movie and Hulu really has got some heaters, dude. I mean, not not that I, I don't know if like Hulu was like a direct, you know, like producer uh, of the movie or like, you know, like uh, what their involvement was. Yeah, because I know that they have that After Dark Horror Fest anthology of movies with all the, the holidays and they are like directly involved in that. But they also have like just like Hulu. They like present movies like Fresh, yeah, went straight to Hulu. Um, Prey went straight to Hulu. So I'd be interested. I mean, I'll I'll have to look into it. I'll be interested to see if that like premiered at like a film festival and they got bought up by Hulu or what it was. Yeah, if it was produced like in their own like under their umbrella or something. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. But Hulu, whether they produce it or not, they they really get good exclusive horror movies. They're you know it. I don't, I don't love everything they do, uh, you know, just as a whole, you know, for the planet, you know, Disney does own them. <laughs> um, so it's not great, but for horror movies, I mean, you know, you can, they're, they're a pretty good service. You know, uh, I like them almost better than Netflix. For, oh yeah. For, for like I, I think original everyone, horror content. I think everyone agrees. Netflix is like the fucking the only joke thing, of like horror. The only it's tough though because the Netflix does have the Flanagan mobile dude, and he yeah. he's delivers. But he he would deliver anywhere he was. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that wraps it up for all my movies. Now there are still you might be thinking, but uh, what, Matt and Eric, why didn't you talk about this movie that also came out during the strike? Uh, we didn't get to watch everything that came out. There's actually a number of movies that are still on our list that will probably cover at like the end of the year roundup like in january yeah when we um, do our top fives you know but that depends on if we like them enough to talk about them in the, you know um some of the some of the movies that are already on the list are gonna be tough to to bump off so um, yeah i feel like we did hit a lot of really really hot hot movies this this year yeah it was a big year but it i mean based on my reaction to a lot of these we the the end of the year kind of took a took a bit of a dip <laughs> <laughs> but you know they can't all be winners um but yeah i think that's that's pretty much it for me yeah same same i think um going into the end of the year we are uh gonna set up our december calendar we have some old christmas movies we have some Exciting. new christmas movies we're gonna hit uh it's a wonderful knife i think for next week mm-hmm. uh another fun holiday slasher also featuring justin long Weird. What can we say? You know, we 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 like our long boy. <laughs> um, but then outside of that, I think we're gonna go a little bit uh, off the beaten path and maybe hit a couple foreign guys. And I think I, there's at least one or two movies that we're gonna have to hit that we talked about in our Christmas extravaganza from last <clears throat> year. Yes. Well, you know. <laughs> That's inevitable. There's only so many, like, you know, Christmas guys to cover. You know, eventually we're, we're going to run out. So oh, I don't know. I feel like we have a fucking wealth of Christmas movies. But that is, that's it for this week. Uh, like I said, next week we're going to do a wonderful knife. So stay tuned for that. And uh, definitely check us out on Twitch every Monday around 8 uh, EST. And every Wednesday uh, in the afternoon from uh, 11 until usually around like 3 or 4. Uh, depends on when we stop. But we start at 11. Uh, that's a fun time. That's we, We've been playing not-so-scary stuff. So if you don't want to like watch... In the morning. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah. 
little in the little, daytime, little daytime, not so scary streams. We've been playing some fun stuff like uh, Super Mario and stuff like that. Just some classic games, just to kind of be present and hang out, um, and just to give me some, give me something to do <laughs> Wednesday mornings. <laughs> but we will be coming back to you next week and all through December to get you through this most joyous of months. <laughs> I hear, I hear Mariah. She's coming. Bah humbug. <laughs> she's, she's thought out. She's, I already hear her in the, in the fucking. She's stores. like an annual. It follows. It's true. It's. <laughs> this time it's a Christmas one. <laughs> it's like it follows if just every time you see it, it's just a just a Mariah Carey pissing herself. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> end there <laughs> yeah that'll do it <laughs> all right uh thanks for listening to us everybody uh this is eric and matt from devil's cut signing off Be good, really.